This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Gohei hits a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good morning, A's fans. How are you? Day two. A's Cast Live back on the air every single day for your listening and viewing pleasure. We're here, so we'll take you up to first pitch. Big game today. This isn't like your typical, ah, I got the Rockies today. Ah, look out, here are the Brewers. No, this, this, is, a, this is a very interesting Cactus League game that there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this game. Not only in Arizona, not only in Southern California, not only in Northern California, but really all over the world. We'll talk about that in moments. Dan Otero, former Oakland Athletic, now working for the league, is going to join us to talk about the rule changes. Kind of cool. So when we were in Arizona, they had a big meeting at Chase Field where the Snakes play. And they had all the muckety-mucks there from Major League Baseball. And Dan Otero. Can we call Dan Otero a muckety-muck from Major League Baseball now? His official title, Senior Director of On-Field Operations for Major League Baseball. He's so, a, yeah, I, I would say so. He's a muckety-muck. Yeah. Senior right. Director. I mean, that sounds pretty big. So, Dan Otero will join us at 1030. One of your voices, Vince Catronio, will join us at 11. And then Johnny Dosco will do his daily check-in at 11.30. There is a ton to get to today. Um, soon, probably after today, will we, because we're still in the, hey, spring training mode. After today, we can get back more into baseball topics. Yeah. We're going to start previewing. Because the first two days, it's we're super intensive when it comes to guests and everything, because there's a lot to talk about. Um, Evan Drellich has just dropped. Remember, Evan Drellich was just on to talk about the book about the Houston Astros. He has just dropped kind of a another little bit of a bombshell article on The Athletic about the future of baseball, something that we've been, I want to say, to pat you on the back. We'll pat you on the back. We've been really at the forefront, a lot of these things, talking about it on the show. We did rules changes for years. We've talked about how this game is changing 
now for a long time and needs a change. And the word salary cap is starting to get real, real. As Jim Harbaugh once said, it's getting real, real, real fast. And what baseball is doing to trying to start prepare for that, and it's always been like this will be a holy war with the players. But another thing we've been telling you about for years, cable's dying. They got major problems. RSNs, regional sports networks, going bankrupt. AT&T, Disney, they want out. I mean, it's like 23 teams are entering this year. There's 30 teams, 23 are entering with problems. This is not sustainable. There's a lot of things right now going on not sustainable. Hopefully, if we don't get into it today, we'll get into it um, in the next couple days. It's a long article, but it's very fascinating. And, yeah, you can talk a lot about it with the Oakland Athletics. There is a whole group of owners. There's 11 teams. Well, do we have an 11 team spending under, under $100 million? Yeah, I think that's what it was. You have a whole group of owners who are not happy. They are not happy with, 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 with the way the game's set up, the way certain people are spending. They're not happy. So we love us some Chris Bassett, but when Chris Bassett comes out and goes, we applaud all the owners who are spending. You mean all the owners who are spending way too much money? Hey, has anybody sat back and realized that the Padres are going to be paying a bunch of guys in their late 30s into their 40s hundreds of millions of dollars? That's just dumb. It's just dumb. It's four of them already, right? Machado, uh, Tatis, uh, Darvish. Am I forgetting someone? Maybe it's three then because Soto Well, you got Soto coming up. They've talked about going after Otani. They yeah. went after Judge. They went after Turner. It's just, you know, uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that later because it, it is fascinating. And there's there's a lot because right now you have the first start of games. No Bogarts. Sorry, Bogarts is the other guy. No one's going deep in games. Really what we have to talk about today is injuries. So before we get into – uh, Fuji and Otani going after today. The breaking news in baseball today is Gavin Lux of the Los Angeles Dodgers. We knew he went down with an injury yesterday when the Dodgers were taking on the San Diego Padres. They're going to check out his knee, the old we heard a pop. He is out for the season. ACL surgery. This is big news because when you've lost Corey Seager and you've lost Trey Turner, and you finally have made, even though he played a ton of games last year, but you've made the commitment to Gavin Lux being your shortstop. I, I just looking at it, you know, they met, they brought in Miguel Rojas for some insurance. He recently went out. I think it was two days ago. He left spring training game. I think it was a cramp or something like that. Not major, but you're looking at a Dodger team that won 111 games. You're looking at a Dodger team that has won 104 games in four out of the last five years, and they're going to look dramatically different. Trace Thompson, brother of Clay Thompson, they're going to try him in center field. He's had spurts of being good, and then he has a resume of bouncing around and not being very good. You got Rojas is going to have to play shortstop now. Uh, Miguel Vargas will be your second baseman. This is a very different – J.D. Martinez is going to be your everyday D.H. because they used the D.H. to when Will Smith wasn't catching to get him there or 
Um, Turner, who's now moved on to Boston, they got him in there to get him off his feet. So Max Muncy DH'd a lot. So the Dodgers team, dramatically different. Uh, Trevor Glass now has an oblique. We don't know about him. Joe Musgrove of the Padres dropped a kettlebell on his big toe and broke it. He's now out for weeks. Weeks. Left big toe, too. Uh, Glass now, they said, is a, the it's like six to eight weeks. They're saying, I think I broke it down for Glass now over the. I think let me get, let me pull it up real quick. Glass now over since twenty nineteen. Glass now has only made thirty nine starts. He's had an array of injuries, including Tommy John surgery. Thirty nine starts since twenty nineteen, and he's supposed to be the as we throw it out there a lot, the ace of the race. He's made thirty nine starts since twenty nineteen. Hey, he looks the part. He's got the stuff. He is. When he is on, he's as good as anybody. But once again, the best ability is availability. And you sit here all winter and you talk about, well, if and if and if this happens and if that happens. There's a whole lot of ifs. And then when those ifs don't happen, like if Glass now stays healthy. What does that do for the Rays? As I said to you yesterday, and I will continue to talk about this, I think the Rays start to take a step back here. And if Trevor Glass now is not ready to go, Tyler Tyler Glass now, uh, there you go. And this is the first year they're looking at actually using a five-man rotation. Well, that's kind of out the window right now. Maybe they are going to stick They've with the They've abused opener. their bullpen for years. They've got the most Tommy Johns going. I mean, they're an organization littered with Tommy John surgery. So, good luck, Tampa. So, that's the big news. Gavin Lux today out with knee uh, ACL. He is done for the season. And who knows? Maybe the Dodgers start going out to look at a replacement. I was trying to think of maybe names. Dansby Swanson at the very end there wasn't that bad of an idea. Yeah, um, hmm. I'm trying to think of like who could who could be av- I don't know who's available. Glaber Day, Yankees love Volpe. But Car- no- Carlos Carlos Volpe's uh, already off to a good spring. I know. I- Have, hey, is, is is it a shocker to you that every day there's a full breakdown of the Yankees camp? On the athletic, not not at all, no. and nobody else has that. But every day, there's a. I was reading it yesterday. I'm like, God, I wish we had this. Uh, it's a full breakdown of camp every single day on the athletic of the New York Yankees, and, um, and Volpe, a whole thing on Volpe. You know how competitive he is, and last year in Double A, his parents' house is not that far, and all the guys would go hang out at his house, and oh, even in table tennis, <laughs> table tennis, which I call ping pong. Uh, they, he turns it on. He's so competitive. Oh, my God. It was a total Yankee piece. But, uh, yeah, Volpe uh, out to a very good start. Here's here's a name. Why don't you move Chris Taylor back into playing in the infield a shortstop? Sign Jerickson Profar playing your playing left field for you. He's still out there. Somehow, everyone loved Profar. He's still a free agent. Why not put him in left field for the Dodgers? There is this love affair with Jerickson Profar that has been going on for years. <laughs> That little three-way conversation that I had with Billy Bean and Scott Boris when we had our press conference for Fuji, they were talking about it. And I just kept my 
I kept my mouth shut because they're, oh, you know, hey, Jerkson Profar. I'm like, Jerkson Profar stinks. They have been in love. Since he was the number one prospect with the Texas Rangers, people have been in love with Jerkson Profar. There are times, yeah, he can do some things, but I am not a fan of Jerkson Profar. He stinks everywhere defensively, and I don't think he's as good offensively as people think he is. And that's after me watching him. Yeah, he's going to run into some solo bombs, but his instincts aren't great. His in- instincts are terrible. He's just not a good defensive player. He's not. He's not a great base runner. I mean, to me, he's just not a winning player. But the what? I was going to say, here's the available short sauce if the Dodgers want to look. You got Jose Iglesias, good defender. Yeah. Um, Alcides Escobar, who's like 36, I don't think they want to go that route. Iglesias is a good option because yeah. he's cheap. And he's still kind of young-ish. And you need so, you need somebody who can play the position. And, uh, Anderson Simmons, great defender. Yeah, I D. Strange him. Gordon, which would be great for them to steal bases. I would not take him. Uh, and then Didi Gregorius is still available, it sounds not. like. But I think I think Iglesias would be a good look if you don't want to sign Profar. I would want cheap and good def- good defense. That's what I want right out of the gate. I don't know what they have in their system, what they make, because they're loaded. But I would go cheap and good defender and figure it out from there. Because there's always going to be down the road somebody you can trade for. Maybe they trade for Carlos Correa. This year? This year. Oh, interesting. Twins uh, already- Minnesota, you really didn't want to make that deal. It was really a little rich for your blood. Here's some prospect. It's not going to happen. I think Rojas will end up being the shortstop if he's healthy, obviously. He's a really good defender and a good clubhouse guy. But if not, those are the options. I'd say Iglesias or Profar. Again, well, they, Profar they, being out they there. They signed Rojas for depth. Yeah. They didn't sign him to be the everyday <laughs> no. guy. Now he could be the everyday guy. <laughs> All right. Here is the number one thing going on. And it is special. It's only spring training, but it is special. You got two guys who grew up playing against each other from a foreign country that are going to be going against each other. And you're going to have a country that I'm sure there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this game today. And every single time they match up, Shohei Otani and Shintaro, it's going to be, it's going to be watched worldwide. I guarantee you there's going to be people. What time in Japan? What what time is it in Tokyo, Japan right now? Let's see. Korea is 16 hours ahead of us. Uh, it's 3.14 a.m., so by the time the game starts, it'll be 5.15 in the morning. I guarantee you there's going to be people in Japan waking up at 5 a.m. to watch this game on MLB.com. I can guarantee it. We've been very fortunate, I've been very fortunate, to go over to Japan twice with the Oakland Athletics. And you know the passion that the Japanese people have for the game of baseball. It's beautiful. They absolutely love it. The way we now love the NFL is how, and football is how they love baseball. And they treat it like football. You go to their games, there's a band out in right field for one team, a band out in left field for the other team. Every player's got his own song. I mean, it's crazy. 
in 2009, was it 2019 or 12? One of the years I went out there and I had a camera, a flip camera. Remember those, uh, was it a flip camera? It was one of those cameras. It was like a little box. They came out. They they're now no longer a company. Let's say it's not. You're not talking about GoPro. And you, and you could no. This is well before. So this, GoPro. this is 2012. Probably 2012. <laughs> and you could plug it into your computer. It was great. And I went out there and just took video of them. And they're banging the drums, boom, boom, boom. And they got the chants and they're going nuts. And it reminded me of college football. And it was really cool. They love baseball. And Shohei Otani has come out, and he has said, and Mike Trout didn't believe him, by the way, but Shohei Otani's come out and said, hey, listen, you're going to see on this uh, WBC team, there's guys better than me on this team. And Trout's like, no, there's not. And I'm kind of with Trout. Eh, shut up. But, yeah, they're solely, they've got this third baseman. I have no idea what his name is, nor am I going to try and pronounce it. I was reading about it the other day. They've got this third baseman who just hits bombs, and he's young, like 21, 22, and hits bombs. Then they've got pitchers that are kind of like Shohei and like Fuji, that they're tall guys that throw really hard. Some players do not want to come play in the United States. I totally understand. You're over in Japan, you live there, you make really good money, you don't have the desire to come to a foreign country and play. You're good with staying in Japan, being a star there, making millions there. I get it. Your family's there. You know, some of these guys, you get married. I mean, bottom line, your your life is there. I get it because I, I looked at it like what if, what we were doing, the top was in Japan. Would I want to up and take my family to Japan? Hey, honey, pack up. We're moving to Tokyo. It's not that easy. Your kids and the whole thing. I mean, maybe, you know, because these guys, for the most part, Otani came over young. Ichiro was what, 27? 27, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, some guys have been married and have kids already. Darvish was 27 also, I think. You're not coming over at 19, 20. That's a different story. So the two guys you mentioned, one guy you mentioned is Murakami, the third baseman, who had 56 home runs last year. He's 22 years old. So he could be a guy that comes over young to Major League Baseball if posted and he goes through all the whole but process. But they talked about he may not want to come. Yeah. The other guy is uh, Roki Sasaki, the right-handed pitcher, who had a perfect game last year, and then he had a perfect game going into the next start, and they took him out in the eighth inning. He potentially could have back-to-back perfect games. The kid is pretty good. And he could be another guy you look at. I think he's only like 19 or 20. So you'll be able to see these guys in the World Baseball Classic. But the point is, what we got today is something special. I don't know. Like, you just, the, the way the schedule works out, I don't know how many times we're going to get this. You just don't. I mean, you can get it on an opening day. You can hope they line up all the time against each other. Being in, especially in division, but enjoy this. You've got enjoy this two innings, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? I mean, if that you got two guys that are getting up on the mound that know each other, that they've got the weight of the world on them. This is not who who started yesterday. Drew Rosinski. 
And then who starred for the Rockies? Uh, Peter Lambert. The weight of the world was not on Rusinski and Lambert. The world was not watching. You will have people, the numbers. We don't get the numbers for MLB.com. Now, if the game was on YouTube, like if you're watching us on YouTube or you're watching on Twitter, you see the actual numbers, right? We know from our buddy Mark Langston that Shohei Otani, when he pitches on YouTube, they can have 7, 8 million people watching the game. Now, I don't know if you, you understand. That is a massive number for a regular season baseball game. That's like an all-time number. That's the pow- that, That's where when we start talking about these regional sports networks, blackouts, this whole system that is archaic and dying, it's dying in front of our eyes. It's on life support. Cable television and baseball is about to be put in hospice. This is not working. And when we have games like this, whether it's an Apple TV game or, but really YouTube, because everybody can have YouTube, everybody can watch it, it's free. You put a guy, if you put this game today on YouTube and it was an actual regular season game, I bet you it would get higher than any number they've ever had before with just Shoei. These guys are global stars. You're bringing in an Asian market. You're bringing, I mean, it's huge. And the pressure that these guys have. Maybe that should be something one day we get together with the great Vittorio DiBartolo and his crew and Justin Marshall and his crew and get the cameras out and just show you what the Japanese media is like. There's a ton of these guys. And they, they, every movement, and we got to experience this with Godzilla. I mean, when he showed up, the media was just, boom, they were everywhere. And they take pictures of these guys every move. He's walking to the bullpen. He's coming back from the bullpen. I mean, it's like, it's like, how many pictures can you take of this guy? It's not Elvis. It's not Jordan. I mean, it's Godzilla. I mean, he was pretty big. Hideki in Japan. Ma- and, and Hideki Matsui was, as a pro, one of the most incredible. Whenever you see these jackasses in sports, who don't under don't get it, don't understand it, treat people like crap, you almost want to show them a video of Hideki Matsui. This is what it's like to be respectful. This is what it's like to be a pro. And he dealt with the Japanese media every day on days that he didn't play. His career was starting to be in a decline. He was not going to be World Series MVP like he was with the Yankees. And he was a pro. I've heard stories like you get an interpreter. And not all the Japanese guys are, 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 are Mary Poppins. I mean, there's been stories about that certain players have run through multiple interpreters because they just run them into the ground, and they never walk in front of me, always carry my stuff. I mean, just treat them like how you treat me. Do, do I have to bring up what happened on our last, or on our last Southwest flight? Um, what, the, the what, what do we call that? The, um, not the, yeah, the pop-up banner that we're talking about? 
I mean, do I have to bring that up about how I'm sitting there? I've done what I'm supposed to do. I have my I'm I'm an A like A26. I'm in line. I'm in line with the president of the Oakland Athletics, Dave Cavill. Um, somehow he got on the plane right away because he's got <laughs> way more pull than I do. And but Dave Cavill and I are in line. Dave's with his mom. By the way, Dave Cavill's mom listens and watches A's Cast live and listens to the post game show. How about that? We're on it. There you go. Mrs. Cavill, thank you so much. She's a fan of the program, did I tell you? Yeah. So I'm sitting in line, and all of a sudden, all the gear is shoved in my face. Hey, take this onto the plane. Take my stuff on the plane. Like, I already had my own stuff. Now, take this stuff onto the plane. I noticed... You didn't ask Dave Cavill to take this stuff on the plane. You asked me to take it on the plane. Well, you know, lower-level employee. I mean, yeah, you didn't have the stones to go say, hey, Dave, can you help us out and take this uh, onto the plane? I made, I made up for it, though. What did I do on the flight home? I, out of 142 other people, gave up my seat so a family could be together. Everyone else put their head down with their headphones in. Nope. You bet, because you know what? They were the last ones on the plane. And if you're the last ones on the plane, I do not feel for you. Plus, I was in the very back, in the last row on the aisle. And, of course, I was I was in the back, too. Yeah, we she, both- sat, she sat next to me, and I was looking up going, no, I'm not taking a middle seat. Nope. So I ended up giving up my seat, even though I paid for early bird check-in, which, whatever. And I ended up sitting next to Justin Marshall from A's Productions. And so everybody's that, like, oh, it's a family. I'm like, this kid's older. Stop. I traveled with twins, for God's sakes. That's right. You're traveling with one kid and he's older? Stick that kid in the middle somewhere. I, uh, yeah, I said it. I, I uh, thought about this. You know, they kept offering me fr- a free drink on the plane the whole time. You know yeah, the, you, you don't know, take advantage of that. You know, what the, you know what the better thing I should have said is? If I didn't have bags under the plane, if I had just a carry-on, I want to get off the plane first. Next time I do that, I'm going to ask that. Well, you know, first you ask... Can I be put up in a hotel and get a free flight? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's shooting big, but yeah. Yes, that's right. We're going to put you over at the blank, blank residence, you know, right over by wherever the, our hotel was near the the uh, airport. Airport. Yeah. Get a hotel, make him put you in a hotel, and get a free, get like two free flights. That's one. If not, drinks, yes, key, three. I don't know if they can do that on Southwest. If they can say, everybody, do not move until this gentleman <laughs> who's forced gear on his partner can get up and walk out first. I said, I, I, said it, I think it would only work if you didn't have uh, bags on the plane. Because what's the point of doing that if you have bags on the plane? You still have to wait regardless. I just like how you didn't have the stones to have Dave Cavill bring <laughs> the gear on. you, And Cavill and I were right next to each other. Like he was on – we were literally – I could have like reached over and touched him. You 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 could have easily you could have easily said, Dave, could you help be a team player? You know what he out? you know what he would have said? We're on it. Yeah. Yeah, but you didn't. But you didn't. But I think this is um it's a big day. First time since twenty fourteen these two guys shared the field together. Since twenty fourteen? Yeah. Where were you in twenty fourteen? Actually, Dan Otero was uh the loser wasn't he the loser of the wild card game against the Royals? I'm not going to bring that up, by the now, way. Now I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. I remember, remember who was the guy that gave up That the was the worst night of all time. And I had to get up and do the morning show the next day. And I had to live in that misery with two partners who were like, ha, ha, 
Oh, God, I hated that show. <laughs> well, can, it, hey, can, can I just do one day do a show on all the different talk shows and people I did shows with that I couldn't stand? Can I, can I, can I, can I do that? Well, it's nine Literally, years. I'm on the A station, and I'm the only guy that likes the A's. It was miserable. Nine years later, and miserable. People still don't forget. Miserable. Uh, yeah, that was one of the worst shows I've ever done. I was having to wake up the next day after the wild card game. I mean, remember, riding high into the all-star break, best record. We got so many all-stars that even Jeff Samarge is an all-star, but he's actually a, an all-star in the National League. Yeah. We got so many. Uh, we, got, we got all-stars coming out of our pockets. It was incredible. I I have the All Star hat. You know that I have the all. I yeah. can bust out the All Star hat from 2014. That's my favorite. It's where all that. I Me mean, got Casmir, Scott Casmir, who whose career was dead. Right? He had to go to the Sugarland Skeeters. Yeah, that's it. Now the AAA team Te- of the Astros. Is it really? Yeah, it's in Texas, right? You're correct. Sugarland. I guess in Sugarland, yeah. Texas. Yes. I'm bright. <laughs> I am a smart guy. Um, he had to resurrect his career in independent ball with the Sugarland Skeeters, and he's now an all-star. Yoenis Cespedes, who have thought? Like, we, wait, oh, you signed Yo. All we had was a workout video, and he could jump all those boxes. We had no idea. Josh Donaldson at one point got sent back to AAA. He couldn't even hit his weight. He couldn't even hit 100. He was hitting like .8 something. We got all these guys, Brandon Moss. Brandon Moss was a defunct Red Sox pirate, and the only reason why we brought him up because it was in his contract that he had to be in the big leagues by a certain time or he could, I guess, opt out and be a free agent. And he's now in the All-Star game? 2014 was one of the craziest years. To have that many All-Stars and then in the second half, of course, remember who on 95-7 the game broke the uh, in the morning? Who broke that trade? Uh, that was that was you. I beat them all. I didn't like. I don't like breaking stuff. Breaking stuff puts you in a spotlight that's uh, that's not great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dan's here. Well, as I said earlier, he's now a big muckety muck with Major League Baseball. What? G- give me the full title. Senior <laughs> Director of On-Field Operations for Major League Baseball. Well, it is great to have an old friend on. Dan Otero join us. Joins us from Major League Baseball. Have you been? It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a real professional hearing that title, but thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, a lot has changed. Just just tell us, how is life in the, uh, I guess, the front offices of Major League Baseball? Um, it's been nice. I've been able to uh, work remotely, live at home, and uh, really have try to have an impact on the game, especially this last year and a half, a lot of those rule changes coming in. Um, it's been an exciting time. So I've been out at uh, spring training. I'm actually at Palm Beach right now watching the Nationals Cardinals making sure all these uh, rules are uh, being being applied properly. You know, we're so happy for for, for you. We, we caught up with Rajay Davis 
down in San Diego for the winter meetings, of course, former athletic, to see all these former A's being out there and inside baseball, it's really fantastic. And, you know, when I think about your career, covering your career, I, really Oakland was the spot where you figured it out and you blossomed. Yeah, it was a huge, uh, you know, three years for me. You know, they gave me a, a second opportunity in the big leagues, and I can't thank them enough from the front office all the way down to the players, clubhouse staff, training staff. Obviously, Bob Melvin was a great manager. Still get to see him now. Every now and then he's doing great things in San Diego and Kurt Young, the pitching coach, had a big impact on my career. So I can't, you know, thank the Oakland organization and the fans enough for, you know, my three years there. And if you remember, man, all of a sudden you became a workhorse. I mean, they were giving you the ball a ton. I mean, when you look back at just the volume, all the – I mean, just – you can look at the numbers. The numbers speak for themselves. But all of a sudden you became, in, in the midst of being a, on a really good team, and the volume of taking the ball was so impressive. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was so much fun. And those were fun teams to be on. You know, the bullpens down there, we were such a tight-knit group. You know, Balfour down there as the closer, and then Cook and Doolittle. You know, then you brought in Gregerson and Jim Johnson and Jesse Chavez. And, you know, Blevins was there. So it was just an easy group to get in with. Um, and my shoulder is definitely feeling that workhorse <laughs> innings that I threw there. But, you know, it's okay. I don't need to throw the ball anymore. My dog doesn't run very fast, so it's okay. Uh, we've talked about the rule changes for years. And, you know, as someone that talks before the game and especially after the game, I mean, I could just notice over the years, we're just getting longer. I'm getting home later and later. And you just start to think, like, how can you go to work the next day? How can you take your kids? I mean, these games, the average game is 3.04, but we're seeing games that are 3.30, 3.40. It's just too late. And I know you guys as players started to really feel it too, how long these games are getting. Just now that we're starting to see it, not from the minor leagues, but actually in spring training games, we're seeing, wow, this pitch timer, we don't call it a, call it a clock, but the pitch timer really changes. Even even spring training games that were notoriously way too long. Yeah, I mean, like you said, as a player, you know the games were taking so long too, and you wanted to get home to your family. So I think it was – you know, something had to be done. Um, and now that we do have the pitch timer, you're seeing it right now in spring training. Like the other day I was here at a game and it was 2.07. And it was a well-pitched game. Um, you know, even the games that are 10-9, 11-8, you know, they're taking 2.48 or 2.50 as opposed to the 3.50 or 4.07 times. So I think it's been overwhelmingly positive, even from the players. You know, we're just down in the dugout talking to some Cardinals coaches and Nationals coaches. And they were saying how much the players are adjusting to it and actually love it because they like the crispness of it, the pace of it. So the fans are going to love it. I think the players are going to love it. I think the product on the field is going to be tremendous. You know, a lot of people don't talk about the health aspect of it. Some have, but not, not enough because in a sport where you play every day and you stand around every day, people don't think about all the standing around uh, you, you, the, the, the workouts before guys are working out even before batting practice and then now you're out on your feet all day long, running and sliding and everything. Do you think that less time, faster game will help with less injuries? Well, I mean, I hate to speculate, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. But I know based on the research from the minor leagues, injuries actually went down um, for some reasons. But one was the bigger bases at first base. So those injuries at first base went down. And then there wasn't a spike in injuries at all in pitchers because of the decreased time in between pitches. So, 
you know, we're hopeful that it doesn't have a, really a huge impact on injuries. You know, that's the last thing we ever won in this game. But we did see a positive trend, at least around the base at first base. So, you know, I think in that regard, I think it's going to be really good. You know, one thing that I've noticed just watching, not only, you know, watching some of the A's games, but watching these other games on MLB Network is ground ball base hits. They're like all over the place. And actually, our old our old first baseman, Matt Olson, has actually gotten some ground ball base hits to the right side that would wouldn't have happened with shifts. That that was dead for left-handed hitters. What are you, and I know we're not setting defenses right now, so we'll see. But how much do you think this really now that we've seen it for a few games, how much is the non-shifting two guys on each side really going to change? for the offense, especially left-handed hitters? Um, yeah, well, I always hated spring training because the grounds were so hard. Ground ball base hits went through everywhere, I felt like. And I wanted the dirt, I mean, the grass as high as possible. So I don't know if I would like these rules as a pitcher. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but talking with some infield coaches, you know, they're interested in seeing how they're going to align their defenses based on that because now they can no longer have three on one side of the infield. But, you know, one of the main objectives from eliminating shifts was to create more action. So if we can get more of those ground ball base hits and if left-handed hitters are going to be more apt to just put the ball in play instead of swinging for the fences. I think that achieves that goal. You know, base runners, action on the bases is what some of these rules are aimed to do. So I'm excited to see what happens. Again, I don't know who's going to be maybe positively affected by it more than others, but I do think overall it's going to be great for the game. Now, the unknown here is stolen bases. Like we had, we saw some guys go way up, like we're back in the '80s again, and guys can do. And we just got Ruiz, who he can put up 80 stolen bases in a minor league season. What what are the expectations from Major League Baseball with the new rules? The disengagement can only go over so many times. What does Major League Baseball? What have you guys talked about? What would you like to see from a stolen base standpoint? Well, I, mean, I don't think it's what we would like to see, but what we did see in the minors was an uptick in stolen bases and a big uptick in success rate. Um, so I think Raj right now is actually dusting off his pants, you know, to try to get back out there as a pinch runner somewhere because with the limited disengagements, like you said, you know, base runners could have more of an opportunity to, to take that 90 feet. But at the end of the day, it's going to be strategy and front offices are going to have to make that risk assessment to whether they are going to start allowing their base runners to have that green light all the time. We're hopeful that it does happen because I think fans really want to see it. And I think pitchers are going to have to adjust to maybe now instead of being 1-3-5 to the plate or 1-4, they may have to be in the low 1-3s to eliminate you know, a base dealer. So I think it's going to affect a lot of different parties, but I think it is going to – we are going to see an uptick in stolen bases, which is an exciting play in baseball. I'll tell you what, seeing Rajay Davis in San Diego, he looks like he could still play. I mean, he's get, ready. He's ready. Get him on the phone. I know the Dodgers already got injuries. I, can we see Rajay Davis center field at Chavez Ravine? That would be uh, hilarious, but he definitely looks great. Um, there's always the negative, too. I mean, we could sit here because we're, we're all for it. We want to see the game change. There's the people that don't, but you know what? They'll get used to it. My question would be on the negative. Have you heard anything from coaches, players, or maybe even concerns that they may have about the implementation of these new rules? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime it's an unknown, there's always that concern. And I think a lot of the negatives were before games started. And now that the games have started, I think coaches and players have seen it in action. 
And I think a lot of those concerns have kind of waned a little bit. You know, there's still the element of once the regular season begins, everything's heightened, you know, how's this going to work out? But by then, everybody will have three or four weeks of it in practice. And so we think it's going to become the norm and everybody's pace is going to pick up. But yeah, there's always some concerns because it was unknown. But I think a lot of those have already been alleviated just from three or four games in these spring training. Yeah, that's interesting from a standpoint of like when you change things in the NFL, you only have four preseason games throughout the years. Now they've changed that. But also, I mean, they only have a handful of preseason games in the NBA. You've got over a month to figure mm-hmm. out, all right, these are the rules. Get your butt in the box. Engage with the pitcher within the before eight seconds. The disengagement, bigger bags, no shifting. I mean, Dan, you got to think. You got over a month to figure it out. If you can't figure it out over a month. <laughs> you have over a month of games, plus you had all offseason because all these rules were, you know, relayed to the clubs right at the end of the season. So, you know, pitchers, coaches, batters, front offices, you know, they've had all offseason to prepare. And, you know, that was the messaging to a lot of these clubs in the offseason is the better you can prepare yourself, that's going to be your competitive advantage, you know, with other clubs if you know these rules. And, you know, we love going around to ballparks right now to make sure that all questions are answered. But players are adjusting. You know, they're buying in. They know it's here. They know it's here to stay. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to put a great product on the field. They're the best in the world. How important has it been for Major League Baseball to bring guys like you in. So when you go to like Cardinals camp or you come to A's camp or Grapefruit League, Cactus League, that players are getting messages from former players and just not executives from New York. How big has that been? Um, I don't know. I guess you have to ask the players when we talk to them. But, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity. It was a very unique opportunity to work on this side. And I think what we do offer is a perspective as a former player. And, you know, we can talk in that same language, maybe as the current crop of players. And we know their concerns, you know, because we've been out there. And we have Gregor Blanco here also. And, you know, Rolo Baniez along with Rajay. Um, so, you know, there's quite a bit of experience. And then CeCe Zabathi also helps out quite a bit. You know, so when you have, you know, a guy like Rolo Baniez going to the clubhouse, he gains immediate respect you know, from players. And when, you know, we're talking, we try to, you know, be truthful to them and be as transparent as we can, because that's what we want. We, we want to work in collaboration with the players and ultimately provide such a great game for the fans, you know, because that's what this game is all about too, is the fans. I think about the word trust. There hasn't been a whole lot of trust between New York, the commissioner, the owners, Tony Clark, Players Union, and the players, I kind of see your guys' role, and maybe there's going to be more of you down the line, that you kind of help establish that trust because you've now been on both sides. You now get to see the commissioner, owner, slash the business side. Do you think your guys' role is starting to help with that trust between the players and the owners? Yeah, that's the hope, and that's the aim. That was one of the big draws of taking this job, and that's how Raul kind of pitched it to me, and, you know, we love the game of baseball. And I think that's the overall sentiment in the office. Even the, you know, everybody I've met within the commissioner's office loves the game of baseball and wants to see it succeed. You know, so I think that's a, you know, strong similarity across everyone. And yeah, we hope that there develops that trust so we can work collaboratively with everyone, you know, and at the end of the day, keep growing this game and bringing in more 
young kids and increasing the fan base and increasing the popularity because you know it's been around for 120 130 years we want to keep it growing in the right direction you know so it's still at the peak you know in another 100 years well today we've got a real special game going between the angels and the athletics where you have uh, our new Japanese pitcher, Shintaro Fujinami, he likes to be called Fuji, up against Shohei nice. Otani. I mean, y- you've been a part of these games where you have international stars. Just how great is this for our game where you've got two pitchers that are going to be, uh, be on the mound, even though it could be an inning or two, but you know people on MLB.com are going to be watching worldwide. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing for the game. You know, what Shohei has done the last few years is unfathomable. I mean, I cannot still put into words how incredible he has been the last two years as a player. To be top five in the Cy Young, top five in the MVP as a hitter, it's just incredible. You know, and it's going to be great to see that matchup. And that's what we're also trying to do in our role is to grow the game into different regions of the world that maybe it's not exposed to yet. So to see that, I think it's going to be great to see. And with the World Baseball Classic coming up, too, it's another – you know, stage where we're going to see players from all across the oh, the globe, you know, compete on one field, which is, uh, again, great for the sport. Whenever we have XA's players, we want, we want to know, what are you doing beyond this job with Major League Baseball? How is life for you? What's been going on in, in, in the Otero world? <laughs> uh, well, stay busy. I have three young girls, age nine, seven, five. So I stay busy with making breakfast, making lunches as much as I can you know, doing carpool every now and then to gymnastics and then just kind of hanging out with the family when I'm home, you know, really relaxing and just stepping away from it as much as I can because I don't have to worry about wins and losses per se as much now in this role, which is another thing I kind of like. They take the stresses off of those big pitches in the you know, top of the ninth inning or something like that. So, you know, it's a lot of family time when I can get it, which uh, where I truly enjoy. Yeah, you're waking up and uh, you're not coming in with with guys on and everybody and just fire. It's a fire alarm going on. You don't have to do that anymore. No, when the phone rings, I don't jump anymore. Now it's like it's okay. I'm I'm at ease. Well, thanks so much for the time. It's great to see you. Great to hear from you. And let's check in later this season to see how the role's going and how all these rules are being implemented and how things are just better for our game. Yeah, that's the hope. Thanks a lot, Chris. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Take care, Dan. Dan Otero. Good to see Dan, huh? Yeah, you remember, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, back in the day, Dan Otero was taking, I got to look at his numbers. He took the ball a ton. Yeah, 2014, he pitched in 72 games. Domingo Acevedo pitched in 70. He pitched in 72 games, was 8-2 and two with a 2.28 ERA in 86 and two-thirds innings. He had a couple. Is that, is that any good? Uh, that was good, and then he had a year. That's the best year of his career. Yeah, 2013, he was in 33 games. He was 2-0 with a 1.38 ERA. How many games? Uh, 33. Yeah. Okay, this is 72. Yeah, that's, that's good. And then. The, uh, two years later when he was in Cleveland, I know it's not an A anymore, but when he went to Cleveland, 5-1, and one, a one five three ERA in 62 games. It's pretty good. He had a that little run there in the, over a five-year stretch. I mean, his ERA, he had one year where it was inflated with the A's, but over a, what is that, a five-year span, he had he was 20-7 and seven with a two seven nine ERA. It's pretty yeah. good. Dan Otero, like, when he was coming in, you're like, whew, got somebody to get some outs here. I mean, Dan Otero was a uh, – 
I think that all A's fans will look fondly on the Dan Oterra era. And we saw this with Rajay Davis, right? We saw it if if you if you didn't follow what we did in San Diego at the winter meeting, shame on you. We had everybody on. But we had Rajay Davis on. And getting back to this Evan Drellich article where that dirty word, not a dirty word to me, it's coming. I will bet, even though my man uh, Jim Duquette and Jim Bowden, Jim Squared, the front office show on Sirius <laughs> XM, they, they, it'll never happen. Tony Clark, that of the Players Union, it will never happen. It's going to happen. The, the, the salary cap, they are, I don't want to get into it, even though I have the article right here, and I really do, but they're like putting committees together. The, the 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 breaking point now is going to be, you know, the cash cows for so many years were new ballpark and cable deal. Well, now everybody's got a new ballpark, but the A's and the Rays, hopefully that's coming, and cable deals are dying. So what's the new cash cow? Things are going to change. And you got four years of this new CBA. But what I like and why I'm going to go back to this is it is very smart. We talk about how baseball does a lot of things that aren't smart. It's very smart by baseball to take X players, hire them, bring them in, and say, okay, this is how the business actually works. Because I don't – I mean, the players, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I heard the conversation or I was part of a conversation – how do I want to word this? Like, they, by the time we had showed up, they really hadn't gone over the new rules yet. Like, we devoured the new rules. We were reading articles. We were, I mean, I mean, I got all this stuff that we're talking, I mean, and they're like, oh, yeah, soon we're going to go over the backfields and start working on it. Like, what? You don't have this major strategy played out of how you're going to, and you know what we found out? A couple other teams are up there. So if these guys can't even devour the new rules that are going to affect their business, like if we had new rules for how Ace Cast works, we would devour it. Like how we get these guys showed up to camp. Like, oh, I got to get in the box earlier. I mean, it was amazing. So you think they know the business of baseball? Do you think these guys, you know what? A lot of guys are just machines. Eat, work out, get ready. Agent does your deal. Once your deal's done, you don't worry about the deal. Wife, wife or business person handles handles your money. They're just robots. They're robots, so they don't know. So these a lot of these guys in the game don't know the actual business of baseball. And then the players' union, they're just always they're always just going to fight. And how do we figure out how do we get more money? Just how do we get more money? That's all they think about. How do they get, you know, they, they went to the negotiation tables with all this all this stuff about, oh, we care about everything. No, they, care. they cared about how do we get the most money for the best players. That's, in the end, what they cared about. It showed when the cards, everybody was holding cards, but when they showed the cards, they didn't care about the, the, the little bump up that players got from the standpoint of the minimum. They cared about getting that luxury tax as high as they could so they can get their star players as much money as they could. That's all they care about. In the end, they always show their cards. 
But what's best for the game where everybody could get paid more? The NBA has shown this, right? LeBron James and Steph Curry only need to make so much money. If you cap those guys, then money can go to everybody else. Like, if you actually had the vote of how many players do we have in baseball? Well, you got to count the 40-mans, whatever. If you went to all the guys and said, listen, you're giving all the money to Betts and Trout and Machado and Harper and Lindor and who am I missing? Betts, Harper, Machado, Lindor, Tatis. Tatis. Um, Harper. Oh, uh, oh Judge. Judge. These Otani's coming up. These guys, they're all making – but you are getting grind, – but Corbin Burns is getting grinded for seven hundred grand in arbitration. All of you would make more money. The sea the, – the tide raises all boats. That's what a salary cap does. It caps the top guys, which Boris doesn't want, but everybody else would make more money because they'd have to spend – in a cap, you have these parameters. You can only spend this, but you got to spend that. Well, that means everybody starts making more money. And if you actually educated the players and say, look how it happens in every sport, it's better for the sport. You all, as individuals, will make more money under a cap, and you'll cap these guys at the top. And do, do I really need more players making $400, 300000000 No. I rather the rest of I rather cap – I'd rather cap the top guy. Like, what's the most? It's like 200-something million. Now, let me tell you something. There's nobody, there's nobody in baseball who is worth more than LeBron James. Fact. There's nobody in baseball worth more than Steph Curry. Fact. There's just not. The television, the ratings, nobody in baseball is bigger than basically any quarterback in the NFL. Fact. Even Carson Wentz, who just got released, Again. is more valuable. <laughs> Uh, but but the point is, they cap those guys. So, yeah, let's cap our stars and have everybody else make more money. Like, maybe, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is that's why we got to get the Dan Oteros of the world and the Rajay Davises, and he mentioned CeCe, Sabathia, Raul Abanez, who else was in there? Uh, uh, Gregor Blanco. And say, guys, we're players that are now with Major League Baseball. We've seen the business model. We understand. And we as ex-players think you guys got to really start rethinking this thing. Get these ex Hire more of them. Get more ex-players. And get get guys like C.C. Sabathia. C.C. Sabathia, I would vote for him for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. yeah we've discussed that before. I, I've, he's in my – if C.C. Sabathia is a Baseball Hall of Famer and he's walking into a clubhouse – and he's working for Major League Baseball, and he says to the guys, guys, let me sit down, let's talk. Let's talk about this upcoming, because this CBA, I know Jim Duquette was like, ah, oh, it's years away. No, it's not. It'll be here like that. You want, you want to have everything ironed out before we go to war again and before we have time missed, right? So have guys like, get CC Sabathia, get guys on board who can go into a clubhouse, who can get together with players in the offseason and say, this is what's happening in the business. This is what we should do. Because, I mean, CC Sabathia walks into the clubhouse, and I'm a player, and I know he's a baseball Hall of Famer. I know he's got – how many years has he got left before he's on the ballot? Uh, he retired in 19, so 20, 21, 20, 20, 20, so two more, I think. 
So, you know, when CC walks in, players are going to go, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. I mean, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to pry this game away from the Boris Corporation. Now, how about that? You, the power, the power of Scott Boris is just—it's amazing. He handles billions of dollars of contracts in our game. He's literally more powerful than a lot of owners. He is. He controls. He this offseason alone, he dealt with over three billion dollars in contracts. Scott Boris, the Boris Corporation, deals with billions of dollars in our game with all 30 teams. He is the power broker of power brokers. There's never been an agent like him. And we're we're down at spring training. The day that Fuji's pitching, Fuji's, I mean, Fuji signed for $3 million. It's not like Fuji is one of his big guys. He's got guys signing for 300 200 I mean, he's... We go walking by. What did I say when we when we start we, when we left the Fuji's pitch into uh, hitters? Is, you mentioned how there's one of Boris's guys there. Yeah, I'm walking by, and uh, I was walking by, and I go, "Hey, look, there's a Boris guy. Boris is everywhere. How many agents have their guys? The backfields, even though." Fitch is pretty sweet. It is a backfield, right? It's the backfields. Yeah. Boris has a guy at the backfields for his client, watching his client. He's got a handler. Throwing a bullpen. Not even. No, he was throwing a hitter. Well, yeah, yeah. But Boris has a guy there. There was a guy there from the Boris Corporation. That's, that, that's, how, that's how you run your show. Everybody knows. You don't think David Forrest knows that there's a Boris guy there? You don't think everybody you don't think everybody in baseball knows there's always Boris people around? He's the big swinging guy. And that corporation, and I'm not going to allow you to tarnish my good friend Scott Boris's comb over logo. <laughs> I think that's horrible of you and Jessica Kleinschmidt. <laughs> yeah, I said it. It's true though, that's what the logo is. No, it's not. <laughs> I have respect. Uh, Scott, yeah, you got to pry the game away from Scott, but I got it. I mean, if I was a baseball player, put it this way. If we had agents, I've long gotten rid of my agent. But if we had agents, would you not want Scott Boris representing you? Oh, absolutely. Why not? It's a no-brainer. He gets money for everyone. But he gets everything. Like, he takes care of sponsorships. He ta- I mean, you've got, you're part of the Boris Corporation. You're in. He's got finance. You're not going to get snookered. He's got financial advisors. So you give your money and say, this financial advisor is going to set me up for the rest of my life with all this and get to take care of my money. Not, 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 it's not going to be one of these deals where a guy is, not, you know, like Jake Peavy was swindle all his money. Ah, you, you, you go with Boris, and Boris's guys are going to take care of you. All right, coming up next, we're heading down to the Valley of the Sun. Vince Catronio next. Was Vince there yesterday? Um, yes. We're going to talk to Vince. Is Vince fired up for today's action? It is. This is a game that's going to be watched worldwide. We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you're looking for a new mattress, Nest Bedding has you covered. Sleep on the same mattress Hall of Famer Ricky Henderson sleeps on. Nest Bedding is the number one brand of online mattresses and the Bay Area's favorite mattress store. Take home the Easy Breather Pillow. The New York Times calls it their number one pick. You can navigate their easy news website, nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Green and Gold fans, use the coupon code Oakland and you get 10% off your entire order. Nest Bedding, love where you sleep. This is Chris Townsend, and if you're looking for a great place to eat and watch games, go see my friends at the Chicken Pie Shop at Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop is one of the hottest restaurants in Walnut Creek. You're not going to find a better menu and come try their world-famous chicken pie that has been served in Southern California for 86 years. Spacious indoor and outdoor dining, perfect for your next private party or corporate event. Don't forget free parking. For more information, go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty, we head down to the Valley of the Sun. And he's ready to rock today for you here on A's Cast. And, of course, you'll be able to watch the game MLD.com. Vince, how are you? I'm doing good. A lot of, uh, a lot of buzz today at the camp for sure. You don't normally get this kind of uh, anticipation, third or fourth game of spring training, but considering it's, you know, Shintaro making his A's debut and Otani on the mound before he leaves for the WBC, there's a lot of media, as you would imagine. And it should be fun to see this first couple of innings and see how, you know, Fuji handles kind of, you know, setting sail and what he hopes is going to be a solid big league career. Yeah, you know, we've been over to Japan, and we know the passion over there for baseball. It's going to be 5 a.m. in Tokyo and obviously in Japan when uh, when this game starts. I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people waking up early, even though if it's an inning or two, to watch these two guys. This is a big deal worldwide. It is, and, you know, these two are tied together going back to high school and being drafted the same year, both first-round picks in 2012, and, a little bit of uh, time against Major League All-Stars in 2014. They were teammates. Uh, Shintaro was on the WBC team in 2017. Uh, the WBC is getting underway shortly. Japan's won two of those tournaments. They're uh, a team that should be considered at least one of the favorites to get to the finals. So that means that Shohei will have uh, more opportunities and maybe more pressure to perform under that environment before the Major League season gets underway, but it's all over here at Mesa. It's all about Fujinami and what the A's are going to see. He's built like Otani, which you don't see very often in terms of pitchers in Japan. 6'6", he's got a strong body. We know he throws in the mid-upper 90s. He resurrected a split-fingered fastball with a little more aggressiveness last year, added some spin to the slider. And the thing about Fujinami has been control. That's been the issue his entire Japanese career. Got off to a fast start, actually pitched in their professional major leagues in just his second year, you know, in 2013. So he was on the fast track, then lost command, now trying to get it back. And maybe the A's have really found a true diamond in the rough that could be uh, an emerging star and could be a gate attraction at the Coliseum. 
You know, when watching highlights of him in the WBC from years ago, he just looked like a tall, skinny kid. And then when he showed up to our Jack London uh, offices for the press conference and he walked by me, I was like, damn, this guy, you put some gear on him, he looks like a defensive end. You know, that's the thing, and that really impresses a lot of the scouts that have watched him perform, that he, he is a different-looking type pitcher that comes from Japan. The Japan pitchers typically are six foot, maybe. Uh, they all had that little hesitation in their motion. They all have the splitter. He's got more. He's got the velocity and the splitter. You know, when he walked into that press conference and he his first comments were in English, you got the sense that he understood what he was about to embark upon. He gets it. Uh, he, he has uh, kind of integrated himself in this camp with his new teammates. He's having some fun. Now, certainly we believe he's going to be nervous to a certain degree today. Marcotze alluded to that. You know, kind of get these nerves out of the way. It's going to continue once he makes his first appearance in a game that counts, you know, in uh, late March, early April, and, and go from there. But it's, it's going to take a little bit of time. There's a lot of focus on him, probably more so than any A's pitcher in quite some time. And it'll be fun to see how he performs. He he has the arsenal. You know, he's got the fastball, the split, and the slider. He throws up to 100 miles an hour. And that's a real special gift to have. And to, to see it in the green and gold beginning today is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, getting him comfortable. You know, after his first session where he threw to hitters, we were all there. Uh, Grady Fuson told us that there's a reason why they had a lot of lefties right out of the gate, not righties. It's all about getting him comfortable, and you understand that, you know, this isn't just like a guy getting out there and, and, and tossing a few innings. When you've got the amount of media, and as we talked about, the eyeballs that are going to be on this game, I mean, we saw it with Godzilla. We, we've seen it with Ichiro. We've seen it with different players. It's like the weight of the world is on these guys' shoulders. It's so different for them than everybody else. Yeah, they've got expectations, certainly from the homeland, to perform at a very high level and continue that uh, movement of players from Japan to perform at, you know, on the major league level. You know, Kode Senga is going to be with the New York Mets this year. He signed a long-term contract with them, and there's going to be a lot of attention on him and also on Fuji and how these two perform. You know, Senga is a little more accomplished, uh, doesn't quite throw as hard, although he does throw in the mid-90s, and he's in a major market in New York. You know, Fuji signed a one-year deal. He can be a free agent after the season. So there's opportunity for him. There's opportunity for the A's to maybe put together, you know, what they believe could be a budding star for them, somebody that you can really build some things around. We've seen what the Angels have done with Otani off the field, the amount of marketing dollars that he's brought into that organization just by <laughs> performing for them. Now, of course, he's every day because he hits, and he pitches every, you know, sixth day. But you know, those are those are opportunities that not a lot of teams can take advantage of, and that possibility will exist depending on performance. And you know, I'm anxious to see him just have two innings today, uh, go through some adversity, see how he deals with the adversity, see how he deals with some of the pressure. There's no Mike Trout today. Otani is not going to hit; he's just going to pitch. So he doesn't really face a a prime Angels lineup. There's no Rendon here either. Guys that that the Angels are counting on to to keep Otani in an Angels uniform beyond this year because that's the talk in their camp is will Otani be a free agent and will he uh, go into free agency and get the mega, mega, mega contract that he deserves. With the A's, it's about Fujinami stepping in, being a part of a rotation, and maybe before it's all said and done, he might be the ace. He's wearing the Japanese ace number, the number 11, which carries a lot of pride 
back of the homeland. So hopefully it starts today. Well, you go into the Angels clubhouse and you go to Otani's locker for the Angels and it's an ATM. It's just funneling money to him. So I think there's no way they allow him to leave. He's worth too much, but we will see. So we've had a few games. What stands out to you? What's the, what's the big ones that stand out so far? Lawrence Butler. He's at the top of the list. I mean, he's not going to make the club. And, you know, he's a kid that, you know, played at A-ball, played successfully. He was a high school draft out of the Atlanta area. He was a travel team teammate of Michael Harris, who played so well for the Atlanta Braves. And, you know, it'll be fun to see this kid uh, perform as he moves through the system. He was raw when he was signed, and you could see him fill out and become more mature as a player and as a hitter. Now, you can get fooled, obviously, in spring training like you can in September. That's been fun to watch. You know, seeing this team – Come together, trying to see what Shea can do behind the plate as it becomes his job. You know, the three-for-three three performance over Maryville was a great start for him on Sunday. Uh, that's encouraging. And just trying to see the pitching competition come together. Ken Waldachuk is going to throw behind Pujanami today. Uh, Kyle Muller got off to a good start. Uh, Ken Tarnock got off to a good start. Uh, that's encouraging to see. And th- there's more uh, legitimate pitching competition than what the A's probably had last year. And we'll see how the lineup comes together. I'm anxious to see Ruiz play today in center field. That's certainly a a focus of this club to get him at the top of the lineup and be the igniter and a creator of havoc in a year where you believe that the running game is going to be more in focus. So anxious to see that come together. You know, got off to a good start on Sunday. You know, got on base, stole second. And not many guys can steal second with a head first slide not know where the ball is, get up and then get to third base. That's pretty special talent, and you want to see more of that. All right. When I was down there, I had it said to me in a lot of different ways, and then we've now gotten a production guide of how the players say their name. Uh, how are you going to pronounce Ruiz's first name? I believe I haven't I haven't looked at the pronunciation guide. It used to be last year, Esture. Now it's Esture, right? Est- Este Uri. Este Uri is, is the way we're going. Este Uri Ruiz. Okay. Stay now, tuned. Now, we have an email of him saying it, and it's not even close to that. I'm like, I don't, I, I'm just going Este. I'm giving him a nickname. Yeah. We're going Este Ruiz. Fasty Este. How about that? <laughs> hey, I, I'm excited, Vince. We grew up where we saw guys steal 80 bags in a season, right? Ace fans remember Ricky Henderson. I, I, I'm just hoping at some point we. If we don't get to that, we get to something close because guys stealing bags is exciting in baseball. When when you're a fan and that particular type of player gets on base, there's anticipation. Maybe not quite like you know the old days with you went to Cespedes where you stayed in your seat because you knew something dramatic could happen with a bat meaning a long ball. When a guy like Ruiz gets on base and starts to take that lead, and you start thinking about when is he going to go because you know he's going to and what that will be like. Hopefully it's an opportunity for him that he can make the most of. You know, if he's doing well, the A's have a chance to do a lot of a lot a lot more than what people are expecting in 2022, 2023. You know, we've had kids that have been showcased and eh, but this the group of the new Oakland that they're calling themselves. I mean, I think you can definitely see that there is talent to watch and it makes spring, especially for you guys, a lot more fun. Right. You're, if you're an ace fan, you try to determine you know what the core is going to be moving forward. And we talked about this on the air, Ken and I. You see all these different lists, prospect lists and organizational rankings. It really, in, in a lot of cases, is kind of throwing stuff against the wall and hope it sticks. And for the A's, they've been rated in the bottom third. Part of it is a lot of guys got to the big leagues. Some guys got traded. 
things of that nature. But when you see Lawrence Butler, Zach Yellow, Tyler Soderstrom perform, and there's more coming, we're going to see Hogan Harris pitch today out of the A's system. You know, there, there are other guys. Uh, Denzel Clark is going to play for the Team Canada WBC. So there are some guys coming. They get healthy, continue to perform. Uh, you've got a chance to maybe have some core guys at certain positions and build around that and hopefully get back to the winning ways that A's fans deserve. Is that Iron Man Anthony Rendon there today? He is not. He is not in the lineup today. Shocker. Uh, Phil Nevin <laughs> says he's back. He's healthy. If you had to buy stock in Anthony Rendon, are you buying or are you selling for 2023? I'm selling right now just based on the history. You have to. I mean, I know he says he's healthy, and he has said that before. Certainly, if he plays 125, 135 games for the Angels, they're going to be good. You know, they need him in the lineup. But the one thing that they've done this year is they've added some protection in their on their roster with veterans yeah. like Brandon Drury and Gio Urshela and in the event that something like this happens and some of their key players go down because they found out how thin their team was on the major league level when those guys got hurt last year. And so they're trying to protect against that. I think there's an awful lot of pressure on the Angels because of Otani. I mean, you, you have to do everything in your power. And even their best player has said that. Mike Trout says, we have to we have to get to the playoffs this year, absolutely, to convince Shohei to stay. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that he does stay. The pitching still has some question marks. You know, they brought over Tyler Anderson from the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Not hard throwing, but it certainly was effective for the Dodgers. A lot of left-handers in their rotation behind Otani. They've got some ability, but they haven't really established themselves. And, of course, with with Houston and with Seattle behind them and with the things that the that the Rangers did with their pitching, it's still going to be, you know, a tough row, for, a tough battle for them to get to that position. But it seems like there's going to be a lot of – a lot of focus on each and every day for them. And they've got to not just get off to a good start because they did last year. They have to maintain that. When they went in the tank and eventually fired Joe Madden, things went sideways, injuries again, that will not bode well for the Angels this year. Well, they got that super prospect that's been around, it seems like, for 10 years, Joe Adele. Maybe this is the year. Well, he won't even make their club, I don't believe. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, that's a, that, that goes back to what we talked about. You, yeah. The challenge you have with talking about prospects is that they're, you know, they haven't, you know, they haven't proven anything on the major league level. Yes, it's great to have them, and it, it beats the alternative. But this is a hard game, and this is hard at this level. And there are things that you've got to make adjustments to in, in order to be successful up here. They're hoping that Adele can be a guy that eventually can get back up here. He's got some skills, but has been able to translate that to be a full-time player. And they've given him some opportunities. You know, one thing that we always try and tell our fans is how much not only do you study the A's, but how much you study all of Major League Baseball and all the teams. Uh, today, big news at a Dodger camp, Gavin Lux done for the year. I mean, you talk about being thin up the middle. I'm not sure Trace Thompson can play every day center field. I mean, the Dodgers, they've been a powerhouse, but this is going to be an interesting year, don't you think? That was a team that a lot of people looked at and said, why did they not do more during the winter? You knew that Trey Turner was going to leave. He wanted to go back east, and he ended up certainly with a mega contract with the Philadelphia Phillies. They they have a very deep farm system, as we talked about organizations that will be tested now. You know that's the thing about spring training. You want your guys in bubble wrap. You know, Joe Musgrove broke his toe. He's going to be out for a while pitching for the Padres. Uh, the question about Tyler Glass now and the oblique injury he has in a Tampa Bay's camp. You you need to get out of camp healthy, and those are all key players for their respective teams moving forward. So, you know, 
The A's announced today that Kirby Snead has a bit of an oblique strain. What that means, how much time he'll he'll miss, we don't know. He was in competition for one of the left-hand relievers. That seems to be something that he's going to have to work his way back into, but it creates opportunities for somebody else, and we'll see how that, that plays out. But certainly the Dodgers, who had such a great record last year and have won you know, so many NL West titles in a row, uh, the Padres came after them and came after them hard, and they feel like this is their year. Be interesting to see how that plays out. Let's end on this. Now that you've done a couple games, have you felt that you got to speed up your stories a little bit? It's getting uh, – there isn't certainly as much time as you've had in the past. I think we will certainly find a rhythm, much like the players. That's what spring training is for. That's why you're thankful that they didn't institute these rules in the middle of a season like they did at AAA last year where you just got to hit it. And they are certainly trying to be as – as strict as they can. They're trying to lay the law down from the beginning so everybody does adjust for opening day. There have been, you know, X, X number of violations. The A's had two violations yesterday on the mound. Uh, that stuff will work itself out. Players will find a pace. I think we will as well. We will as well on the air. Have a good call today. All right. Thank you, Tony. The great Vince Catronio joining us here on A's Cast Live. And yes. There's going to be some infractions, but it's okay. You've got a month to figure it out. The Lux deal is a big deal. Glass now, we'll see. Musgrove, a toe, you'll still be able to do all of your upper body. You'll still be able to throw, probably be in a boot, however that's going to. I mean, you'll still be, so he'll, I mean, it's a setback. There's no question about it, but this is what, you know, you start playing games, start getting injuries. So we'll see how much these injuries truly start to affect some of these teams. Um, Angels are fascinating in so many different ways. Here's a franchise that threw out a trial balloon. You know, when you talk about what's going on in baseball right now, the business of baseball, where, you know, we've talked about the issues with all the cable channels. You know, 23 teams are going to the season with some uncertainty at least uncertainty in their future, as Bally's is going into bankruptcy. Has that been made official that they're in bankruptcy? I don't think it's, it's a, rumored. They're missing I, checks. I, yeah, I think People aren't getting yeah, checks. I think it's rumored. Bad sign. Angels are part of that. They're Bally's sports as oh, well. Oh, yeah. They're all, when you watch your spring training games, there's 19 teams that are Bally's. Then you got the four teams that are with uh, AT&T and Disney, and they want out. So then you've got ownership groups that they're uncertain. Reds. Orioles, and then what Anaheim did. Anaheim threw out a trial balloon, right? I know balloons aren't the most popular things in this country these days, <laughs> if you follow what's been happening with our national security. But they floated the old trial balloon. And here comes Joe Lacob. Here comes, all you know, and... Artie Moreno pulled it back, said, nah, not going to sell, not ready. So where are the Angels? Are they going to sell? Is Artie in? We know from Eno Saris, our national baseball columnist, that the Angels don't spend a lot on their minor leagues. They don't spend a lot on R&D, not D&D, R&D. Re- research and data, not, not, not Dungeons and Dragons. Not Dungeons, your favorite game growing up. So... They're behind in technology in the minor league system. They're behind in technology at the big league. How much of the big league? I don't know. You'd have to actually be in there. But from what we've heard, 
And Artie Moreno has taken all the money and given it just to the players at the big league level. He's invested a lot of money in players. And I asked the question, if Albert Pujols is now getting a million a year for 10 years just to be Albert, how much could that $1 million a year buy in cameras, technology, to have at every level in the minor league system, which we're starting to do finally, but they don't. They're behind the times. Is that $1 million versus Albert coming around camp going, hey, kid, swing looks good. Thanks, legend. I mean, that's what you're getting for a million bucks compared to you could have taken that million dollars and spread it throughout your system at every level in the minor leagues. Cameras are expensive, but they're not that expensive. The technology technology is expensive. It's not that expensive. And the Angels could have they, they, they could have got up to date where they need to be in their entire organization just for the money they're paying Albert Pujols to walk around and go, oh, looks great. Looks great. Glad to be back. Even though you dumped me, it's glad to be back. I mean, it's just they're, they're a train wreck. So they're an organization that Vince is right. They got to get out to another hot start. But the reality is it's not going to happen. They, they, they are, they're all over the board. They really are all over the board. And people fall for it every year. Look out for the Angels. They're gonna, I'm not falling for it. It's every year. Every year. Where's my rally monkey? I am not. Get, give me the rally monkey. I'm not falling for it. I'm not fall. I think you're going to stink. I think you're going to stink again. Let's see. Pakoda right now, as of today. Pakota has the Angels finishing second behind the Astros. I'll bet 86 the, uh, wins. We can't bet as employees, but if I could bet, I we could bet steak dinners. I'll bet you steak dinner they don't finish with 85 wins. Actually, 86 if you round up. Yeah, 86 even better. I'll add a, I'll add a lobster tail to that. There's no way they win 86 games. I'd bet my col- my kids' college fund. Kids, if the Angels win over 86, you're going to junior college. Excuse me, community college. All right, who? All right. It's De Anza or West Valley for you. What about Evergreen? Where's Evergreen? Over in East San Jose. They're not going there. All right, so De Anza, yeah, those are two good uh, community colleges. Uh, okay, who wins more games? We'll play this game real quick. Laney and Oakland. Who wins more games? The San Francisco Giants or the Los Angeles Angels? Of Giants, no question. Okay, because I'm trying to look at teams that are close. Uh, the other one would be Cardinals or Angels. Oh, Cardinals. The, the Central stinks. Rays. Milwaukee will sell off this year. And then once Milwaukee sells off, who's their competition? You're going to try and sell me the Cubs? You're going to try and sell me those losers on the north side? I'm a south side guy myself. Uh, no, it's the team that's going to finish fourth is coming. That'd be the Pirates. Oh, stop. They're pretty, hey, Homer. Pace, seven, Homer. 71 wins this year. It's better than last year. Cardinals uh, win the Central easy. Book it. Bet on it. Uh, actually, Pakota has Milwaukee winning 88 games. I'm t- Milwaukee's going to sell. They're going to be sellers. They got guys that they got to sell now. They will be selling at the deadly. You thought they sold Hater? They're going to. They're going to. They're going to. They're going to be like a back alley sale. They're going to be. They're going to be like in the back alley with like a trench coat with like watches and everything. You know that guy? Well, hey, what do you want? Yeah. Well, there's hey, only. What do you, hey, what do you want a Rolex? It's not really a Rolex, but it's a Rolex. <laughs> Well, there's only one guy. On oh, you want Gucci? You want Gucci purses? 
Hey, bring up, bring. Whoa, whoa, we want that guy for the. Bring the van over. We got Gucci purses. We, we need, got Louis Vuitton. We need that guy for the Gucci loafers. Um, yes, we would the, go to this guy for our <laughs> knockoff Gucci loafers. Milwaukee, I think the one guy they're not going to be able to sell off is uh, Christian Yelich. Makes a little no, too much he's money. there. Yeah. He's gonna he he's gonna Woodruff, be a, Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Burns they're um, Peralta. They're gone. They're you, gone. You got uh, Abraham Toro. Who else you got? Uh, the only other team I could see that has somewhere around there. Um, Red Sox or Angels? Who wins more games? Oh, that's like. Because the other one's the Rays. and Okay, that's a fair one. Rays or Angels? That's like having two kids that constantly get in trouble. Which one you like better? Okay, fair. All right, so. Ra- I mean, I'm like, eh. Rays or Angels? Oh, I'll go, I'll go Rays just because I think the Rays are going to be down. I think the Rays are going to be down. Orioles are going to come up. They have the Orioles winning 74 games. Orioles are going to uh, – Orioles will be competitive. Rays are going to come down. That division is going to be – I'll i predict this, and we are not yet in the prediction business. we got a long way to go. But I think that's a two-horse race. And those two horses, one's in this country, one's not. Let me guess. Yankees, Jays. <laughs> my Jays are going to be – my yes, the baby Jays are going to make – because Bassie is there, but I think the Jays are pitching gonna, today. I think the Jays are going to make a run at the Yankees. Uh, they have a nice, as they would say, they have a nice young team. Uh, but, they're not so young anymore. Uh, Bichette and Guerrero are still young. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been here for how many years? He's only like twenty-three. It doesn't matter. How long has he been here? Five years, six years? No, five years, five years, six Let's years. See. He's been playing for a long time now. Well, we've been hearing about it since he's like. For God's sakes, Bichette just got a contract extension. You're not, you're, you're not young when you're getting contract extensions. Guerrero's 23, going to be 24 soon. He His first year was 2019. Yeah, he's not young. Uh, Bichette is. How many years has he been in the big leagues? Uh, well, 19, since 19. So is that five years? 19, 20, 21, 22. This is at least fifth year. Does it, are you young when you've been in professional sports for five years? When you're 23, yeah, that's still young. No. Uh, Bichette why, is. Why would you buy that? That's not true. You don't look. We don't. We don't look. If a quarterback has been in the league for five years, we don't look him as young. You expect him to win. Yeah. So we. Don't so think- why are you looking at Vladimir Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is going to be the guy for the Dominican team in the WBC? You're calling him a kid? Seriously? He's a kid. He's not. Compared to the other kids, other guys on that team, you kid. got five. You got a guy who's been in the NBA for five years. Are you expecting him not to win? You're calling him a kid. Baseball, for some reason, we still want you, – you've been a pro in major league sports for five years. I don't care what your age is. You're not a kid. You're a veteran-type player at that point. That's so crazy to think that guys that are in their early 20s are – When Al Kaline came up at whatever, 18, 19? Right after the prom. Five years, uh, you think he was a kid? Hell no. Uh, Bichette's also 20. He'll be 20. So, G- Vlad turns 24 uh, in a, co- like a couple weeks. Uh, Bichette turns 25 in, beginning, uh, in a couple days. Was Ken Griffey Jr. young to you at 23 when he's balling out? The special ones are not young. You got to get rid of the age thing. Was Ken Griffey – did you look at Griffey as a young player? Give me Griffey's stats at 23-24. The kid who came up at 19. We can do this with – we can do this with Trout too. Uh, Griffey – Let's talk about this young kid. What was this young kid doing when he was 23? Griffey hit 309, 45 home runs, and 109 driven in. 45 home runs? How many RBIs? 109. And what did he hit? 309. And you're calling him a kid? I mean, I'm going off the age. 
Tomfoolery is what that is. Just a bunch of tomfoolery. You're not young when you've been in the big leagues for five years. Um, after Johnny, uh, we, we you wanted me to talk to ask you about Pache. We'll get to. Him oh my God, there. I forgot about that. Uh, I got uh, I got so much to talk. Um, somebody at the Athletic forgot about the PED era. I don't know if you saw the article. By the way, right now, if you want baseball, the place that's pumping out the most content is A's Cast and the Athletic. The Athletic is pumping out. It's hard to keep up with how much they're pumping out. But they did an article about the two-way center fielder. Did you see this? I, I saw the headline. I didn't get a chance yeah. to read it. I mean, it's I, 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 I read a lot of it because I wasn't going to read all 30 pages. Is this talking, is it essentially two ways? They're talking about playing defense and hitting. Two-way center fielders once roamed MLB. Where have they gone? Where were the – where have they gone? Where, where are the dinosaurs? Where are the dinosaurs? Should be where are. Um – I mean, no, we're the dinosaurs. I think that's a quote saying we are the dinosaurs, meaning the guys that played both. Oh, it would have been someone saying that? Yeah, um, maybe. If not the way I'm reading it. Can, can I help him out? Can I help him out? I want to get into this because you want to know where they went? Where did guys who were great athletes who started hitting home runs at positions where people didn't hit home runs? Center fielders traditionally didn't hit home runs. That was guys like Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, Ken Griffey Jr. Trout. They're rarities. That's why they're Baseball Hall of Famers. Guys that can run and have to cover that amount of ground normally aren't big hitters. They haven't been. Second basemen, shortstops, traditionally not big hitters. Guys that have to be supreme athletes with speed and athleticism normally aren't guys hitting bombs. But all of a sudden, in the 90s and 2000s, what happened? PEDs. What happened? Brady Anderson. What? Brady Anderson. They have a list. Of, so they go through all these guys. Well, hey, back in the day, they're talking about guys that had uh, OPS pluses of over 100 and guys who had the uh, above a 0, 0.0 defensive run saved, right? Defensive rating. Like how many guys? Well, back in the day, there used to be. Like they're throwing out these guys like Vernon Wells. Th- yeah, Steve Finley all of a sudden started hitting all these guys. Guys that used to hit 12 bombs are now hitting 24. Guys that hit six bombs are now hitting 18. Guys that used to hit 18 are now hitting 32. We we were in an era where they call it a loosey-goosey era. Thank you, A-Rod. You, I mean, you wonder why shortstops all of a sudden were hitting 40 bombs? No offense, uh, Miguel Tejada, but it wasn't real. Uh, let's see, 1995 at age 31 before we get to Johnny. Brady Anderson hit 16 home runs as a center fielder, hit 262. The very next season, he becomes an all-star for the second time at age 32, hits 297 and hits 50 home runs. That's an improvement of 34 home runs over a season span. Look at these guys. Jim Edmonds, Beltron, Aaron Rowan. I mean, there's all kinds of the Vernon Wells. Uh, well, Jim Edmonds, that's, he was like a two-way player. You, you, you want to know? I, I'm, not, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. But there is a reason why in the 90s and the early 2000s, the aughts, guys played positions that are not offensive positions and all of a sudden started hitting bombs. So let these kids who now uh, who now write for The Athletic and they wonder, where do these guys go? They went the way of the PED. That's what happened. And now you're not going to have second baseman's Brett Boone hitting 40. What was his career high, 49? He, something like that. Yeah. 
Second basemen don't hit 49 home runs in a regular world. They just don't. We're getting back to reality. Do we have Johnny? Is he with us? He's there. Better signal. Yeah. Oh, you look a lot better today. Fantastic. Tell you what. Thank you. You're the first one to say that, so thank you. Appreciate that. Well, yeah, it's, I, uh, it's... We've always thought you're a great-looking guy, so whether we get you <laughs> with good Wi-Fi, not bad Wi-Fi, whenever we can just have your face here on Ace Cast Live, that's all that matters. I appreciate it, Tony. I'm probably a solid four in Arizona, but I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, but now you're in the big – see, that's the thing about being in the big leagues. Once you get in the big leagues, you may have been a four. You just got to like a seven, seven and a half like that. Yeah. I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take it, buddy. Hey, we got a big day out there today. Just tell us the atmosphere, yes. the Japanese media, because you've got you've got the Japanese media that is massive covering Otani, and now you have new Japanese media that's been sent over to cover Fuji. Yeah, you know, I asked Steve Klauke's here, the voice of the Salt Lake Bees, and I said, so you got a media pass? He's like, no, they, they ran out. No more media passes. The, wow. the, media, the, uh, the press box is filled right now, so there's no no passes left for this for this matchup. I mean, the, the crowd's filing in. It's a it's a great environment. It's going to be amazing. I mean, just see these two and just kind of the way it worked out. Uh, just having these two guys face each other, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and what a thrill for both Otani and Fujinami themselves. That's something that hasn't really been talked about. Those guys are are thrilled to be facing each other after kind of growing up in the same. You know, same environment, and, and you know they played against each other, as Vin mentioned in, in in high school. They've been on the same team, world team. So, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's going to be a lot of fun today for sure. Can you tell already that the crowd is going to be bigger today? Yes, yeah, already you could tell it's filing in. It's it's going to be a lot bigger than it has been the last uh, last couple games. So it, it's uh, it, I don't you know I don't know how much it was promoted around in Arizona, but uh, it's. There are the, the berms getting filled up. The seats are getting filled up. It's going to be a good atmosphere today for sure. You know, we, you know, if you talk about two Dominican, two guys from the Dominican who grew up playing against each other and they come here, it, it's not the story because it's happened so many times. But you think about guys growing up in Japan, and we always have a little experience being that the A's, we've gone over there multiple times and we, we've seen Japanese baseball. I mean, yeah. Johnny, just think you and your buddy are growing up in Japan and you've played on teams together, like all-star teams. You get drafted at the same time. And to think that you probably maybe said years ago, can you imagine if we just ever get over to America? Can you imagine if we just get over to Major League Baseball? And then wham, here we are today and it's real. Yeah, absolutely. They're gonna they're going against each other, and they're gonna they're gonna show the world. And you know, this is this is gonna be shown at five a.m. in in Japan, uh, in, in Tokyo. So they're gonna be going. This is a world. This thing is worldwide, and they're gonna be going crazy in in Tokyo. I mean, they they follow every single movement these guys make. I mean, the Japanese media will follow uh, uh, Fuji all year long with, with the A's, and you know, Otani is you know Otani is Otani, so he gets followed as well. So. This is a big deal. I mean, they're, the people are setting their alarm clocks. They're probably not going to sleep. They're just going to be at 5 a.m. ready for this uh, ready for this matchup with these, these two guys who are icons out there. It kind of gives you an idea if we could get this on opening day, uh, if we get this oh. at any point during the season, how yeah. massive this could be in Oakland. For sure. And, you know, 
you get this thing going in, in the regular season, it won't be just two innings, two innings. I mean, they could battle. I mean, Fuji, I can't wait to see him pitch. I saw him throw a bullpen. He, he looks so good. I mean, look, it's a bullpen and it's early. So they're going to only go a couple innings, but he looks good. I, I You know, I know his overall record. He's had command issues in the past, but I'm excited to see what, what he can do with these with the A's pitching gurus here. I'll, I'll bet you he's a different guy this year. So I, I, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, a lot of people talk about command issues. By the way, when we had Grady Fuson on, Grady is a A's legend, old schooler. He would not sugarcoat it. And when he was like, yeah. he told us on the show when we were there, he goes, "This guy's got, this guy's got the goods." Uh, yeah. Sometimes the 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 problem with control you can use to your advantage. We like to call it effectively wild, mm-hmm. right? There were times where yeah. Nolan Ryan was effectively wild. Roger Clemens could be effectively wild. Randy Johnson, it took him many years from his time with the Expos to the Mariners to to harness it in. But sometimes mm-hmm. having the hitters come up to the plate a little unsure of where the ball is going to go, sometimes that's not a bad thing. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, Tony. And Nolan Ryan had the famous quote, it's okay if they think that the batter thinks you're just a little bit crazy. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, kind of get in their dome a little bit. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being effectively wild. And, and, you know, you see that with some guys. So I'm, look, I think those command issues are in the past. I think he's going to come, you know, he's had a perfect, he's had a, he's a peak athlete right now. Like he's peaking and he's going to, I think he's going to have a fantastic year. He's going to be a big part of this rotation. Maybe, maybe the ace of this rotation is, and he was saying the number he's wearing kind of shows that, but, uh, I, I'm looking forward to not only seeing uh, Fuji this year, but seeing the rest of this this uh, A's rotation. I mean, you got you're going to have eight or nine guys battling for the five or six spots, and I think it's going to. I think they're going to A's are going to surprise some people with that starting rotation and the bullpen as well. How about Lawrence Butler with the new Oakland? Oh. How, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you love it, right? You got this group of young kids that, that they're like seizing the moment. I know we got a long way to go in spring training, but they're starting yeah. to seize the moment. And, and their understanding, like, let's have some fun with this. I mean, if you're a young player and you know you're, pro- you know you're not going to make the big league club, you need to shine. You need to show everybody. You need to be a peacock and get those flat feathers out and show everybody, hey, I am the future. So when I leave your sight lines and I'm going to Midland or I'm going to go to Las Vegas, don't forget about me. I love that these young kids are showcasing themselves. Same townie, same. And, and just – when I talked to Butler today, I got a couple minutes with him, uh, and he talked about the fact that, look, Geloff and and uh, Muncie and Butler and Clark, they're all rooting for each other genuinely. I mean, they're you know they're it's the new Oakland, and they they are young and they are hungry, and they you know look, I talked to Geloff for a while today about failure, about how he uses that to fuel him sometimes, you know, and, and uh, he went through it in college and went through it in the pro game, but these guys are rooting for each other and they're hungry and they feel they are the future. So to watch Butler doing what he's what he's doing with that pop the other way and watch him run the bases, watch him play in the outfield. And it's, it is, there's a, as I talked about yesterday on your show, there, there's a vibe in that clubhouse and there's a, uh, there's a hungriness to this team. And, you know, look, I know it's February 28th. I get it. But uh, these, these young guys kind of going through the system together, rooting for each other. They, they, they want to do some damage at the, at the, at the top level and they're, they're not going to stop until they do. 
Well, I mean, historically, that's how you do it. I mean, you look at that core that came over from Kansas City to Oakland that ended up winning mm-hmm. three championships. You look at that core that the Orioles had years ago. You look at what the Dodgers had with that entire infield. I mean, you see that, right? You see right now the Baby Jays are no longer Baby Jays anymore. Toronto yeah. is a team that's going to be competing for a championship this year. The Orioles are now bringing a new core up. I mean, the Yankees had mm-hmm. the famous core that led them through the 90s, through the early 2000s. So I like the fact that they're understanding that, hey, looking around, hey, we got some young guys, we got talent, and we're in this together. That's where you start building. And we kind of had that with Olsen, Chapman, and Pender and these guys. You start building Mm -hmm. a group together, and they start getting that thing, that illustrious chemistry. Yes, chemistry does matter. Johnny, you got to love the fact that they're recognizing this at a very early stage. They are, and all three, I mean, all those guys are really mature for their age. I mean, you look at Butler and, and Clark and Geloff and Muncie and these guys, and they, they get it, man. And, and I'm just, just visiting with them, and I'm just getting to know these guys. I mean, I came in knowing one guy out of the 68, so I'm still kind of meeting people and getting to know them. But there's something to that, Townie. When you have guys that are friends, they go through the system together, they're thick as thieves, and they go in there, and they they want to dominate together. They, they go, this is our team. We're going to start to dominate. So I, I love to see that. And look. There's some seasoning. They have some work to do. I mean, obviously, some guys will start, as you said, in Vegas. Some will start in Midland. Some will start in high A. So it's just going to be – it's just a matter of time. Time, But when these guys come up together and start playing in the big leagues together and feed off each other's success and rooting for each other genuinely, that's when you have something. I think the A's might have that. And for these young guys to now that are coming up to understand the social media game, the media game, when we talk about a guy as a brand – you know, they they can be that before they ever get to the big leagues, more than ever. It used to be prospect, shows up, has to do something, then becomes the guy. You can be well-known and kind of be your own brand even before you ever get here. You guys are so nice to him. And Butler, I asked him for an interview a couple of days ago, but we got caught up. He had other stuff going on. He came up to me and he said, hey, you want to do that interview? You know, and same thing with Geloff. Geloff went out of his way to, to meet Ken and to meet Vin and to meet me. Like, he's just a they're, – they're just nice guys, too. It's good good character on this team. So, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I like the the makeup of this – this uh, the young core of this, uh, this team. And I think they're going to they're gonna do some damage here when we uh, – when they start to get rolling here. And hopefully they'll get to the big leagues. Some of them will get to the big leagues this year. I think Gallup has a chance to get get to the Oakland A's this year and Butler as well. So it'll be fun to see if they, they get a chance. Well, I don't want you to be nervous, but you do know when everybody around the world is going to MLB.com today and they're going to be watching this game, it's going to be your guys' voices uh, doing the play-by-play. So this is, this is just not – a a big market northern california you've got a worldwide audience do not be nervous well it's ken and vince today so i'm not i wouldn't be you're uh, not in it uh, no not today not i'm tomorrow i'm tomorrow in goodyear and thursday and across the across town in mesa so i'll be on those two games but yeah it's it's ken and Vinny today you got to steal an inning this is a big broadcast people are watching you got to sneak in i don't know how we do it we got to sneak you in there today thing is though townie once i'm sure once once town once uh Shohei and uh, Fuji are out. You think that we'll still have that world audience in, in Tokyo? You think not a, not a chance. Right, exactly, right? <laughs> no yeah. shot. Yeah. Exactly. The, the great Japanese people are not sticking around. To, hey, this Ryan Noda Rule 5 guy, I kind of like him. No, that's not happening. Exactly. Yeah, Anthony Rendon, exactly. Anthony Rendon, that stiff's not there. Yeah, we're not watching anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, they'll, they'll watch for a couple innings, and then they'll go to bed, you know, have their breakfast and go to bed. 
So, yeah, that's probably what we're up against. All right. Enjoy the game today. And uh, are, are, are we have a game tomorrow? Yeah, we have games all week. We have games all week. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow from Goodyear. All right. Say hi to the commander, Tony. We'll see you. See Thanks ya. for having me on. I want you to ask me a question. This is what we were talking about earlier. I want you to ask me a question. Um, big big spring training for Christian Pache. Oh, you, oh, so you say. Really? Yeah. Uh, Why so, would you say that? Well, he's out of options. There's a lot of guys competing for that, for outfield spots. Connor Capel, Ramon Laureano, Esty Ruiz. I'm not even going to try to butcher his first name. Not even, can, you, do, do, can you play? I sent you the email. So I got sent an email with – and I'm assuming all the broadcasters were on this email, but I got sent this email that it's the actual players, coaches, it's them saying their own names. So it's Mark it's Mark Kotze saying, Mark Kotze, Shay Langoliers. It's their voice, it's them. I want to play I know you sent it to me but I, I, Esde Uri Ruiz. That's how it was explained to me. By the great Isabella, and is she in promotions or what is she in? Uh, marketing. Marketing. I forget what her new title is, though. She's a muckety-muck. You'll see her on the field during games. Uh, Estauri Ruiz is how she told me to pronounce it. Okay, hold on. I'm getting it because <clears throat> I couldn't find the email, but I know where to find it on the web. On the web. Estauri Ruiz is uh, how I was told. I wrote it down phonetically. I did the whole thing and that. But then I heard him say it. You are killing me. I sent it to you. I, I gave it to you. But it still goes to this file. So. All right. Here we go. Esteuri Ruiz. What? Esteuri Ruiz. Este Ruiz. Esteuri Ruiz. Go ahead. Go ahead. Esteuri Ruiz. So Esti Ruiz. We'll just go with that for now. Play it again. This is how he wants his name to be pronounced. Esteuri Ruiz. Estede? I don't know. Is it, it sounds like Estede Ruiz. Esteuri Ruiz. You need to get just the first name, and we need to break, because Este, there, I don't hear the Uri. Yeah, I, I don't, don't hear it. I don't either. So, anyway, we'll say. Este Ruiz. We'll say with Esti. Old Esti. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Sean, Estes, Esty. Uh, Esty, you got Connor Capel. Seth Brown's going to be playing in the outfield. Tony Kemp's going to play some outfield. So you got a lot of guys competing for spots in the outfield. J.J. Bleday, Christian Pache is 0 for 5 so far in spring training. Your thoughts? I'm glad you asked because this was something that I dealt with a lot last year in the postgame show. Everybody was excited early, really excited because what he did in Tampa. If you remember, after Philadelphia, it was, what, a four-game set in Tampa. Yeah. A's took three out of four. I came up with the little fun moniker, why not us? Why not us? Why not us? And we had fun with it, and the A's were 500 for a while. Yeah, they were 10-9, and nine and then And then changed. it just it, – it just it, – it, it fell apart, obviously. And I kept saying – I have a problem. I'm watching a guy who's who's drowning. And everybody kept telling I kept asking everybody, and everybody, everybody kept telling me, oh, it's fine, it's fine, he's working hard. And I'm like, no, 
He's not competing. He's not. And then it became the expected batting average was way better than his batting average because his expected batting average was uh, about hard hit balls. But, I mean, his hard hit balls were two hoppers to short. I mean, it was an e- he was an easy out. He was not competing. So I went back last night because I know I wanted to do this as I know he's only 0 for 5. But I want to take you back to where Christian Pache went from, oh, my God, this guy reminds me of, and we had all those comparisons at the beginning of the year, to me being on the postgame show every night going, this guy, this guy's got to go down. This guy's got to figure it out. And everybody kept acting like I was wrong. Not a shocker, because you saw something and you loved it and then you wanted to believe in it. But then you didn't want to look at the actual data and accept that you were wrong because your eyes were lying to you. You wanted to love him. Matt Olson's gone. He's, you know, because Shea Langoliers was just a guy who was going to play in the Futures game. You didn't, you didn't know if Shea, how good Shea Langoliers was going to be. And Christian Pache, you were like, oh, man, you this guy, Roman center field, could be incredible. And I kept telling you in the postgame show, it's not there. It's not there. It's not working. I, uh, What are we doing here? What are we doing? And I was saying that in May. Like, this is something's wrong. You got guys who have unbelievable athletic talent. That's from the neck down, right? Strong, fast, agility, jumping ability, throwing ability. They're called tools. They've got all the tools. But hitting is what does your brain recognize? What, are your, what does your eyes see? How does your brain talk to your eyes? Like, like how, I mean, that's neuroscience is the next wave of figuring out how does a supreme athlete not be able to recognize pitches? Where they talk about Mookie Betts when the Boston Red Sox had this, whatever it was, they had this gadget that they could throw these images in front of you and of, of what pitches... Mookie Betts was superior to everybody else in, in recognition, right? So whether Mookie Betts is a great athlete or not doesn't matter. That helps, but his recognition of stuff, right? That's why Ted Williams, that's why a guy like Ichiro or Boggs or Gwynn or whatever, these guys, Bonds, their recognition of ball, where's the ball? Ball coming out of the hand of the pitcher, they see it right away. They see the spin. They can, their brains in such a quick amount of time can adjust to the different planes that the ball's going to be in, the velocity of it. They see it. There's so much that, I mean, I'm not a neuroscientist. I don't, I'm a brain scientist. I don't know. But that, some guys see it and some guys don't, if we're going to be simple. And Christian Pache and confidence is in there. And Christian Pache, by the time we hit June, I went and looked it up. For the month of June last year, he hit a buck 20. A 120. Not 220, not 200. He hit 120 is what he hit in the month of June. He got sent down, came back, 
Played in three game. Played in uh, two games in August. Did not get a hit. Then played some in September sparingly, and hit 185. But it got to a point. You want to talk about hitting rock bottom for a full month where you're getting at bats, and he got a lot of at bats in that month of June. Switch to uh, 2019. In that month of June, he ended up getting 50 at-bats. In 50 at-bats, you hit 120. Your on-base was 170. Your slug was 160 for a month. I mean, that's beyond, you know, when we talk replacement player, that's beyond below replacement player. Remember, if you had a full team of replacement players, you'd win 48 games in theory. He played for a full month. So he's had, now remember, he's had, it's not like, oh boy, he hasn't had time. He had all of April, all of May. He's had two months. They've given him all the rope in the world. They've working with him. They're doing everything. He's had two months to figure out no pressure. There's no pressure. There's no pressure to win. There's no, We're just trying to get you better and get you to compete. After two months, he follows up that third month hitting 120. I'm looking at his numbers right now. I mean, he hit 166 for the year. Now, you mentioned expected, all that stuff. His expected batting average, according to Baseball Savant, should have been 228 because of – but still, that's 228. Are we, are we supposed to be happy about that? I mean, no, that's not a real number. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, it's he, not a when, real number. When, when people are throwing out, well, you know, his expecting batting average is higher. It's still a two twenty eight. I don't care if his expecting batting average was a two forty seven. But that's not a real number. Expected is not real. Yeah, he one sixty six. Expected for the year. ERA, expected average. That's you, that that that's you're you're playing funny money there. You know what that is? That's monopoly money. Oh, I, that's not real money. Your batting average, your numbers, your slugging, your on base, your numbers are your numbers. The great Hall of Famer Bill Parcells already said, your record is what your record is. We're expected to be better, but you're what your record yeah. is. And if you hit 120 in a month, and that's the last impression I have of you, it just seems that to me, every every at bat, even though it's only 0 for 5, even though it's, it seems like every at-bat matters for him. So he went to the Dominican Winter League this year, and he had played in 17 games, had 55 at-bats. What do you think he hit? Under 200. Uh, close. He hit 218. No home runs, five runs driven, and he had 12 hits and 55 at-bats. That's somebody who doesn't see it. That's somebody that as you get higher in the game and you're facing better competition, he's not recognizing pitches. And what we saw, I didn't see what – I didn't watch him play. I can just tell you what I saw. I saw a guy who was getting so dominated and he was so overmatched that in June when he came to the plate, he was swinging at whatever he thought he could make contact. He wasn't taking good at bats. He was just like, if I can make contact and I ground out, I'm cool with it because he was embarrassing himself, right? And – I wish it nothing but the best. I mean, I would love for Christian Pache to be a stud. 
And I'm not even asking him to be a great hitter, but if he was just productive, because his defense could be yeah. gold glove caliber. It goes back to that whole the two-way center fielder kind of in a way where, I mean, he already has the great defense. If you could just hit a little bit. A little like I mean, Kevin, a little bit. Kevin Kiermeyer is the best example. I use him all the time. Elite defender. He hits like 230, but at least he hits – a little bit, and he has some pop in his bat. I can live with him if I have good if I have good offensive players around him, right? Yeah, that's why Kiermaier works so well in Tampa. So that's why it's like, okay, if I can't – well, they don't really hit a whole heck of a lot in Tampa. I mean, it's better than what Pache had around him well, last year. Well, you're comparing a team that lost 102 games. It's not really apples to apples, as Let's they say. Okay, a good case is what Kiermaier does It would year. be like playing for the Yankees. Yeah. You can stick a guy in center field who doesn't hit because everybody else around you is going to hit. Dodgers, same thing. Team Astros, teams that have good offense, the Braves, teams that have good offensive clubs, you can get away with a guy or two that doesn't hit. But it's not healthy for a young athlete to hit 120 in a month. It's just not healthy. Like, I, I don't know what you do, but you don't. Yeah, just keep sending them out there to fail. At some point, you're like, we got to do something. You, you've got to, you got to do something to get him back on track. But the problem is, as you just said, he's out of options. Yeah. So, I got to think if he doesn't make the club and he's out there, somebody's going to grab him because he is. You'll play that game. He's young. Okay, and someone will give him a shot, and he'll go to another organization, and then a shot into another organization, and that next thing you look up, and he's out of baseball. I mean, he's got to – I mean, I know it is totally unfair to, to bring up 0 for 5. I'm not. You did, by the way. I just gave the stat line for the first three but games. But I just – I want to bring it up. Like, if I remember back what it was like last year, I mean, 120 for a month? It's not good. Wow. Like, real quick, Kiermaier, his, his best offensive year when it comes to home runs, or one of his best years, home runs on RBIs. 2019, he played in 129 games. He's all, he's hurt a lot, too. He had 228, but he hit 14 home runs, drove in 55, and stole 19 bags. And he played gold glove. He won a gold glove that year. And they've got a big center field there in Tampa. Like, if you could be anywhere what Kiermaier can do, with the 228, the 230 batting average, he's but, a career but, 248 let, let hitter. Be, but let's be fair to him, right? No matter what game's played, he's always hurt. But you're looking at 246, 276, okay, 217, 228. You got a 259 in there. We're talking well yeah. under 200. Just just get to somewhere around there, and it's respectable. I mean, it's a different conversation if you hit 225 with 12 bombs. It's a different – there's something to build on. I mean, it's tough because you trade Matt Olson. I need more than just a catcher, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's a catcher and Pache and a pitcher that you don't know what he's going to be in, and Ryan Cusick. Oh, and there's another one, too. I'm forgetting the big tall pitcher they got, too. Uh, breaking news, Rangers acquire – oh, it's not that word. It's Rangers. hockey. It's hockey. Rangers and the Blackhawks made a deal. Wait, not Patrick, baseball. Wait, Patrick Kane? Not baseball. Patrick Kane's a Ranger. Uh, Gavin Lux out for the season. The big news today. But coming up next, huge, huge. Going to be watched all around the world. And I'm not being a smart, you know what. I This, this will be watched everywhere. Fuji, Otani, A's, Halos, next, right here on A's Cast. 
It's that time of the year. Single game tickets are now on sale for the 2023 season. Don't miss out on securing your tickets for some of the biggest matchups, fireworks, drone shows, giveaways, and more. Visit athletics.com slash tickets to get yours now. That's athletics.com slash tickets. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 